Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm excellent. How about you? Good. Good. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we're all following on the news, things coming out of uh, Houston and, you know, just a terrible hurricane down there. And uh, you and I both have been kind of tracking the different corporate giving and campaigns we've been watching. And we have a special guest on today. He's going to be talking about an initiative they're doing with boys and girls clubs. But first, we want to find out what they're doing in Houston. And on the line with us right now is James Fryson. And he is Director, Community Relations for Lowe's. Hey, James, how's it going? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very good. Well, I've already seen a lot of good stuff about what Lowe's is doing to help the people in Houston. Could you take a minute to update our audience about what else is happening? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're working with our community partners, the American Red Cross. We made a $500,000 donation to the American Red Cross to help with rescue efforts down there in, in Houston and the state of Texas. We're also working with First Response Team of America, which is one of our other community partners, um, to to rescue people down in that area. We're sending products and supplies, and we're also sending our own volunteers down there to help. So it's a huge initiative um, or effort here to try and help out the, the folks that live down in the Texas area. I was curious too, James, how many stores did you actually have in the Houston area? I'm um, not quite sure about Houston. We have about 144 stores in the state of Texas. Wow. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So there's probably some in the Houston area that were certainly af- affected anyways. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks for that update anyways. And we're wishing people in the Houston area and everywhere in Texas the the very best. And James, what we had you on to talk to about today is this program uh, with uh, Boys and Girls Clubs that you're doing. And it's happening on a couple different fronts. It's called a Renovation Across the Nation. And it's an annual program that you've been doing with Boys and Girls Club. I don't know if this is the second year, third year, whether you've been doing it for multiple years. Tell us a little bit about the program. Yes, yeah, so this is the second year of Renovation Across the ah, Nation. Okay. So in our partnership with Boys and Girls Clubs of America, we've been partners since 2009. But last year we kicked off this program, uh, Renovation Across the Nation, and we are investing $2.5 million with Boys and Girls Club to renovate one club in each of the 50 states. So each club awesome. will receive a grant of $50,000 to go towards renovations to making those clubs safe places for kids to to learn and grow. And then you also have, um, you're involving consumers this year as well. Can you talk about what you're doing in store? Absolutely. So we expanded our partnership with Boys and Girls Clubs. So we launched an in-store customer fundraising or donation program uh, where we are um, asking customers to make donations along with us to Boys and Girls Clubs, and it's it's activated in all of our stores across the country, and we'll run through September 5th. You know, one thing I was curious about the program, too, is do you know which Boys and Girls Club in Massachusetts is going to be renovated yet? 
Not sure about the exact club that's going to be renovated, but again, we're doing one club in each of the 50 states, and uh, this is a program that was very successful last year, and so we decided to repeat it again this year. I'm curious to know, it sounds like you've had a partnership with Boys and Girls Club of America, a phenomenal organization, we love them, um, for a while. So it sounds like you're really ramping up last year and this year even more. Why did you decide to expand this partnership? A couple of years ago, we announced our corporate uh, purpose, which is to help people love where they live, and just felt like boys and girls clubs are a really nice fit in terms of alignment with our corporate purpose. Uh, boys and girls clubs serve millions of kids across the country. They fill that gap between 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. when the kids tend to get out of school, but their parents aren't off from work yet. And so they provide sort of a home away from home where kids have a safe place to go. They can still do their homework and schoolwork, but also have activities where they can, you know, play basketball and other sports in a safe environment. So it's just a great fit for uh, for us and, and Boys and Girls Clubs. I'm going to have to check some of these clubs out, uh, James. I heard they're getting some uh, cool upgrades, like some recording studios. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm going to yeah, go hang uh, out there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys getting into the music business? Are you looking for the next one-hit wonder, James? <laughs> no, we're not in the music business, but we want to help the uh, kids at Boys and Girls Clubs do that if that's what they desire to pursue. And so we upgraded a couple of clubs in the Nashville area with uh, uh, basically a brand new music studio for kids that have that interest. That's cool. And yeah. is that does each club decide what they want to do? I mean, how how and how do you determine who's getting this grant? I would imagine it's hard because there's a Boys and Girls Club in pretty much every community. Exactly. So there are 4,200 clubs across the country, Boys and Girls Clubs. And so we work with a national office to reach out to the clubs and they submit a list of what their needs are. And then together we decide which of the clubs will receive the grant for renovation across the nation. So they actually have to put in like, hey, I want a recording studio or what what have you. And then you decide who gets the money based on the project. Exactly. And then we really focus on meeting critical needs in the community. And so mm-hmm. we really try and use that as one of the measures of who should receive one of the, uh, the $50,000 grants. Uh, James, on the in-store program that you're doing, the fundraisers that you're doing in the stores, how long have you been doing those for? And have you any early results to report on how successful they've been? Sure. So this is our fourth week in the program, and through the third week, we had raised almost $1.5 million for board wow. right? And so we're really excited about our results and being able to support the clubs in an incremental way, even behind beyond renovation across the nation. That's mm. fabulous. Have you done in-store programs before? I mean, whether or not it was for Boys and Girls Clubs? Oh, well, they, well, Megan, they do a big one. Uh, you know, James, I know, and I, I think you're still doing it is the one for muscular dystrophy that you've done every year. Oh, I mean, last time, yeah. I, last time I checked on that, James, I mean, that was like, you know, since inception, it was like $50 million or something like that you that you had raised. Yeah, we, we uh, ran the campaign with MDA for about 15 years, uh, but then decided to sort of refresh uh, the customer donation program, and really focus on you know boys and girls clubs, especially with their alignment with our corporate purpose. Nice. So, so you kind of so you it was MDA and now it's BGCA. Yes. Is that the only program that you do during the course of the year, though, James? Because, you know, one of the things that we hear from people on the show, too, is just part of the challenge sometimes with point of sale. Like a lot of the supermarket partners that we've had on the show, they've pulled back on their point of sale programs, Mm -hmm. and they're only doing them once or twice a year now. Yeah, so far, we've only done it once per year. Um, And yet, you know, you you want to make sure that it's fresh and that, you know, their fatigue doesn't set up with 
set in with the program. Uh, so we're, we're right now, we're just really happy about, you know, how we've been able to perform with Boys and Girls Clubs and the, the customer donation program. I would imagine that a partnership like this is really great for you as a company because it seems like the type of thing that you'd be able to get your employees involved with. I mean, that's, I think, a huge benefit of working with the Boys and Girls Club of America is having those volunteer opportunities. So can you talk a little bit about how your employees are involved with renovation across the nation or and or your consumer donation program? I mean, obviously, they're asking for donations at the register, but beyond that? Yes, yeah, so we have very high engagement among our employees with Boys and Girls Clubs, and it's a really nice fit because if you look at their footprint, you know, they have 4,200 clubs. We have about 2,000 stores here in the U.S., mm-hmm. and so it matches up pretty well with our store footprint, and it gives our 280,000 employees an opportunity to get involved and volunteer. So we have employees that have participated on the Renovation Across the Nation projects. We have uh, stores that have actually adopted clubs that are close to their location, and they go out and do separate renovation projects with those clubs. Um, and then, you know, you got to imagine many of our employ- employees are Boys and Girls Club alone, mm. and many of them oh, also yeah. have kids that participate in the clubs today. And so it's a very natural fit, and our employees are really excited about it. Joe, mm. how much would you love to have Lowe's employees, like, at your beck and call at all times? Those guys are, like, the smartest people. Guys and gals are, like, the smartest people on the planet when it comes to, like, making things better. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know what I'd like to do is get the whole garden center to come over to my house. <laughs> you don't need it. You got to go but I, I mean, no, but then it could be like perfect, you know, because I'd have, I'd have all the people power. I'm a big gardener, James. So, you know, I have all the odds and I get a lot of my plants at Lowe's, as a matter of fact, because there's one real close to me here in Boston. And, uh, but yeah, it's always good to have extra help, as you know, James. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So how does the how does the point of sale program fit into the kind of the larger CSR strategy for Lowe's? We know you folks are very involved in disaster relief and the great stuff that you do in in Houston right now, and what you've done in the past also, and what you're doing for boys and girls clubs. What are the other things that you're doing, and what what the is the focus of that program? Yeah, so for boys and girls clubs, it's a perfect fit with. Um, you know, our corporate purpose of helping people love where they live. And we see it as an extension of that in terms of the Boys and Girls Clubs offers kids sort of this home away from home, where when they're out of school and their parents aren't home from work yet, they still have a safe place to go. And they can, uh, you know, continue their studies. They can get involved with different sports or even music, you know, in the case of those clubs in Nashville. Um, And it really serves sort of that gap or that need in the community. The other thing is that during the summer, you know, during the summer hours, boys and girls clubs extend their hours. Mm. And so again, they serve that function for kids all year round. Hey, Megan, before we move on to our next question, let's recognize today's show sponsor, Catalyst. Catalyst is the industry's only matchmaking platform for companies and causes. Think of them like an online dating app for social good. At Catalyst, you can research companies, their customers, and the types of partnerships that they're looking for. Then you can actually connect with those companies. You can now try it out for free and find out which companies are right for your organization. Email members at gocatalyst.com. Again, members at gocatalyst.com with the code PODCAST17. Again, that's PODCAST17 to try out Catalyst for 14 days for free. Thank you, Catalyst, for sponsoring Cause Talk Radio. 
you know, our, our listeners are all people that are doing this type of work in the community and in the industry, whether they're on the corporate side or on the agency side or on the nonprofit side. So they're always hungry for, you know, all these huge campaigns look great on the surface. And from our perspective, everything looks fabulous. But I'm sure there are a couple of lessons learned behind the scenes that you're kind of tucking away in your back pocket for next year. Things that maybe you've learned along the way, or maybe even things that you learned last year for renovation across the nation that you, you're implementing this year. Can you think of any things like that that you could share with our audience? Yeah, I'd say one lesson learned with the customer donation program is that we were surprised about the demand, the Mm. willingness of our customers to give and donate. Uh, So we, um, next year, we'll make sure we do a better job of just estimating, you know, what that demand would be. So the way the program works when a customer comes in the store, you know, they're given a donation card. You can make a donation of $1, $5, or $10.00. And the demand has been very, very high for our first time with the the, uh, customer donation program for Boys and Girls Clubs. So that's one huge lesson that we'll take into. What do you think uh, you'll do differently because of that next year? Uh, Mainly make sure that we supply, you know, our stores with a lot more donation cards. Wow. So they've actually like run out of donation cards? Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) That's a great problem to have. You know, one of the things, James, I was thinking about, too, with the donation cards, and thanks so much for your team for sending those over so that we can see those, and I'll include those in the show notes. Is that something that people are signing, and then you guys are hanging those in the store, too? Yes. So the uh, customers, you know, if they make a donation, they're given a card, they can sign it, and then we take those cards, and we make the stores make all types of patterns on the walls in the store. Mm Mm-hmm. And yep. the stores have gotten really creative about the different designs <laughs> That's awesome. that they make. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so nice to see that, too, because in some ways, James, and you can probably reflect on this, too, like using charity pinups and actually putting them on the walls, it's not something that every company wants to do um, anymore, you know. And But it's nice when companies can do it because I think it's such a visible display of the company's support. And, you know, we've seen that time and time and again. I, re- I remember I saw some incredible designs when you folks were working with MDA. I mean, I don't know. You guys must have a, a professional pinup designer in your stores because I would go in and I'd see pinwheels and they would make out words and letters and numbers and all sorts of things, dollar signs and stuff. And it was really creative how they do that. So I love the effect on something like that. And it's nice to see stores like yours that are still using them. Yeah, I think the other thing is, you know, our our Lowe's heroes are just really, really creative. And so they come up with those designs on their own. But the other thing I think that really um, resonated well with our customers is that the contributions that they make support the local clubs in their area. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. And so I think that means a lot to them as well. How do you tell that story to people who are at the register, you know, either when they're at the register or after the fact, as you're saying, like, well, I guess you haven't gotten there yet. But as, as, you, as you've said, hey, you guys raised $1.5 million for Boys and Girls Club in your neighborhood. How, how are you planning to tell that story in terms of the impact those dollars can have in their local communities? We provided our store associates with um, <clears throat> sort of small examples of what those dollars mean and the impact that it can have on kids. And then beyond that, because a lot of our employees are Boys and Girls Club alum, and many of them have kids that go there now, they can also tell their personal story about, you know, where my son, you know, has gone to Boys and Girls Clubs, and they really helped to encourage him in this area or that, and he's gone off to do certain things in high school or college. Uh, So it helps to have those personal stories as well that they can share. 
Well, when you say you're you're giving people something at the register so that they know, are you talking about like a dollar buys a new backpack for a kid or are you talking about an actual story of a kid in their local community? No, it's examples like what you gave, like a dollar buys you know, okay. a certain item, whatever for for kids. So, yeah. Do you think, James, one of the things that we get a lot of questions about in terms of doing these um, these POS programs at the register and raising money that way, do you think about, it sounds like your program, and you folks have a lot of expertise in doing this too, that, do you think about four weeks is the maximum amount of time that you can do a program like that? Or did you come away from this year thinking that you might be able to go a little bit longer or should you make it a little bit shorter? No, I think about four to five weeks is is um, ample time because right. the longer you let it, um, the longer the length of the program, you tend to run into fatigue. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And then you don't also don't want to make it too short because uh, you want to make sure that you give enough customers a chance to make a donation if, if they wish to. Yeah, no, I think that's critical. And I think that's something that people always kind of struggle with, too, is like, how long should I be doing these programs? And what I always try to remind people, James, is that these programs are campaigns. They're supposed to be limited. It isn't something that you're supposed to do 52 weeks of the year. And I think that's part of the challenge with pinup programs, too, is that, you know, we've fatigued the customer with a lot of these things. And by cutting these back to just once or twice a year, we can make them a lot more effective. Exactly. You nailed it, Joe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) James, how do you measure success for a campaign like this? I mean, clearly dollars raised is one when you're looking at the the consumer campaign, but are there business metrics you try to tie to this in some way, shape or form, brand awareness or brand affinity, things like that? What makes a successful campaign for you when it comes to something like this? All of the above. The dollars raised to support uh, Boys and Girls Club. We look at brand awareness. We also look at employee engagement. So, mm-hmm. you know, how, what extent, or to what extent have our employees had opportunities to go out and engage with the, the clubs? We look at the strength of the relationships. So I mentioned a number of our stores have adopted the clubs in their area. And it's really great because it just creates that bond between our store managers and the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club. Have you gotten much feedback from employees about this campaign? I mean, I would imagine that switching from MDA to BGCA might have, you know, made the employees sort of take notice of the fact that they were raising money for somebody different. But have you gotten much feedback from them? Yes, we've gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, We have an internal sort of um, page where employees can make comments and all the comments have been very positive. People are really excited, our employees, about the opportunity to make a difference in a kid's life. And it's one of those things that you know, you might spend a half hour once a week, you know, volunteering at the club, but 10, 15 years from now when that kid grows up and they're a pre-med student or something like that and they come back and thank you for that time, you know, that is priceless. That's not something that you can you can actually pay yeah. for. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I think is so valuable about something like this, and I know that Lowe's is doing this because they want to support their communities, but I think this is a great message that you can send future customers to, because I think through the years, people remember things like this. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think that renovation across the nation, that's going to give you, I mean, tons of content in terms of things that you can share with both employees and consumers about the good that you're doing throughout the country and in their local community. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, James, this has been so phenomenal. Thank you so, so much for both giving us an update on the Hurricane Harvey relief efforts, as well as your partnership with BGCA. If people want to learn more about you or about Lowe's and all the good work you're doing in the world online, how might they do that? Um, I would advise uh, those who are interested to visit us at lowes.com forward slash community. And we house a lot of our information there where they can uh, get updates about what we're doing and the community impact that we're having. Great. And we'll include that in the show notes. Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. Make sure to check out Selfish Giving and sign up for my newsletter and you get a five-day mini course on cause marketing. And don't forget about all those pins on Pinterest. And I've been pinning a lot of the cause marketing campaigns I've been seeing regarding hobbies. So make sure to check those out. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also online on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is also where you can find show notes for today's episode, engageforgood.com, as well as selfishgiving.com. And while you're online, make sure you do subscribe to Cause Talk Radio on iTunes or Google Play so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of James and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time. 